coming to you from the pit in Arroyo Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you. Good to see you. And we're going to talk about everything martial arts, self-defense, UFC, sports medicine. We are going to we have a cornucopia of things to tell you about today. First thing we're going to do is we're going to go we're going to go back. We're going to revisit the UFC. It was from Shanghai or Singapore. Singapore Different Singapore. Or Saipei, Singapore. Singapore. Okay. Singapore. Does anyone out there know the difference between Singapore, Shanghai, and, and Saipei? Right? Put them in the message. Put it in the comments because I don't know the difference. I'm not really good. Like those new Asian places. Like I know Japan, China, Korea, Vietnam, Thailand. But then like Singapore, Taipei, they just seem like they're kind of offshoots of, uh, of China. Like even Hong Kong, where they speak English and they have English, like British accents. I never, I can't understand. But anyway, okay, so fights were out of uh, Shanghai, right? Somewhere like that. Singapore. Singapore. You're close. Close enough. Okay. Um, I'm sure there was a lot of good fights. They were on at like five in the morning. Five in the morning. And. I just didn't get that worked up about it, and that's my bad. I'm sorry. Um, I did want to watch Cerrone fight no matter what. I always want to watch Cerrone fight. Um, his opponent was really good as well, uh, Leon Edwards. But I mainly just wanted to see Cerrone fight and OSP. I love those two guys. Um, and the other guys, I just didn't know, and I'm sure there was a lot of good fights. And I apologize for that, but... Let's talk about Cerrone first. Cerrone fought Leon Edwards. Um, Leon Edwards is quite a bit younger than Cerrone. I think Donald Cerrone is 35 or 36. Yeah, he's probably 10 10 years years younger. younger. Um, He's had a a lot more fights. Yeah, he's had a lot more fights. uh, More than twice as many. Um, He's... Donald Cerrone is just up there. He's just like right there. He's just... Always like one step <clears throat> below, like the top of the top, and but he is up at the top. He's he's not a journeyman. Like there's journeymen's out there, um, and there always has been in all combat sports. So Cerrone's not considered a journeyman. What, what really. do you consider a journeyman? Um, a guy with a instead of a thirty three and ten record, a guy with like a, maybe a twenty five and and. 25 record or maybe even a 25 30 record um someone that's not really dangerous like a knockout puncher um like Cerrone is maybe not like somebody that could just submit you from the bottom like Cerrone can but someone that's tough enough for you to be tested against you know um just he's a journeyman and he's he's the kind of guy that you want um your up-and-coming younger fighters to go against I would consider Donald Cerrone more as a um, like a like a gauntlet, like uh, 
like he's uh, he guard the the gatekeeper. He's more of a gatekeeper of the top. He's a gatekeeper of the top ten. He is. He's sitting he's, right there. He's a gatekeeper, and you you have to. You don't want your beginner fighters who has had like five fights in their they're up and coming fighters. You want them to fight journeymen. Right? A journeyman is a step above a tomato can. A tomato can would be like a 10 and 35 fighter. 10 wins, 35 losses. And then a a um a journeyman would be like a 20 and 20 fighter, right? Not not really dangerous, but he's tough and he could he'll beat a really bad guy. But a really good up-and-comer with five fights can beat a journeyman, can knock out a tomato can, but a 5-0 and o fighter does not want to fight a gatekeeper like uh, Cerrone. Cerrone seems like he's the gatekeeper of the top 10. And so you got to be re- you got to be good, like Leon Edwards, to beat someone like Donald Cerrone. Um, so... He's a, he's a gatekeeper. And and I watched this fight last night, and one of the stats that was pretty surprising was Cowboy has 18 bonuses in his fights. Out of, like, 20-something fights in the UFC, he's had 18 of his fights, he's, he's got bonus. So he, he's in fight of the nights. He's, you know, performance of the nights. He's not just showing up. No, he He's putting on amazing spectacle he never, fights. He never just shows up. A journeyman will just show up. A, uh, a tomato can barely shows up. Donald Cerrone brings it, and and he's a, everybody loves watching Don, Donald Cerrone fight. Um, he'll knock you out. He'll submit you. He'll be there. And guess what? If the fight gets canceled, he'll go skydiving instead. He wants that thrill, and he fights. He'll fight anyone, anytime, any rules, any weight, anything. I might be exaggerating the weight, but you know what I mean. He'll go deep sea diving one week, then he'll do like a motocross race, and then he'll skydive, and then he'll fight. He is a thrill seeker, and just he's he's really fun to watch. And he was fun to watch this fight. I mean, I think, um, and a lot of people don't get this, then they might disagree, but to me, that cut he got in the first round, now you find out, we find out he was sick the, the day of the fight. He was puking. But he didn't want to. He didn't want to uh, bring it up to Dana or or the medical staff because they would have pulled him from the fight. He didn't want that, so he was puking and stuff. But he went out and fought anyway. So, still put on a really good show. What about the cut on his face? But he got cut in round one. When you get cut, people don't really understand that that cut takes so much out of a fighter. You don't realize it, and they and the the um. The commentators say, well, it's not really going in his eye, which it wasn't. It was a little to the side. Um, but seeing your own blood, feeling your own blood, it's tasting your own blood. It's a distraction, too, because he kept it's, wiping at his it's face. It's a major distraction, and, it, and, and it's, it, 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 it's, some, it's a hump you got to get over. It's something that's playing in the back of your mind all the time, and it brings you down. It does bring you down. In a fight, once you start bleeding, especially from a cut, um, it's a negative on you. And getting in the first round of a five-round fight, you're fighting uphill that much more. Fighting Leon Edwards already, I mean, it was an uphill battle. 
Now fighting him sick after being thrown up, you know, during that day. Now it's even more of an uphill. Now getting cut by an elbow in the fir- a knee in the first round. I mean, it's like it. That's a, that, that's a mountain like this, and um. And 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 a lot of fighters wouldn't have performed the way uh, Cerrone did throughout that fight. Um, not taking anything away from Leon Edwards, but. Um, Major kudos to Cerrone and the way he fought and the way he always fights and the way he represents himself, his gym, his, the sport, the organization, uh, his opponent. I think he was nothing but class. So, his great ca- fight. His cardio is probably, you know, unparalleled. His cardio is ridiculous. It's five rounds and he looked great in round yeah. five. He's, yeah, he won a lot almost. I don't know, his corner, I, I wanted to ask you about that. His corner said, going into round five, they said, we're all tied up with rounds, which I don't think they were. No, that was terrible. But that as corner advice, it's terrible basically advice. corner advice, I don't know what, you, what your advice would have been, but basically you've got to knock him out <laughs> in round five because you're down on the scorecards. Yeah, and, and the only thing I could say for that would be um, maybe they're playing the odds, maybe, um, and they just wanted him to eke out because they didn't want him to get... Maybe they knew how sick he was and they didn't want him to push too hard and get knocked out where he had a chance of winning that round. He might have taken the fight if he won that round. I think he won round five. Yeah, he? so... Yeah. He had a takedown and he yeah. looked pretty good in round five. But he but, just kept coming after Leon Edwards. At the end of the fight, it was a little entertaining because Leon Edwards was kind of in the last 10 seconds. He knew he won, I think. He's kind of just running away. Yeah. And Cowboy going to the center of the ring and pointed at the mat, like, let's just brawl for the fans the last 10 seconds. Yeah. And they kind of did. It wasn't that exciting, but he kind of... Cowboy wanted to fight, like, yeah. so... He always does, and he he, he was he was pulling a, a what you call... A Yancey? Yeah, a Yancey. Not a Yancey. It was... Oh, a, oh, yeah. This is the other Hawaiian. Yeah, there's the other Kanak. Um, <laughs> so, um... The Holloway, the champion. He he pulled a Max Holloway and uh, it didn't quite get the same reaction. But well, when Max did it, those guys just brawled. Oh, oh god! That was an amazing fight. But this one, Cerrone tried to stay in it, and then in his post-fight interview, I think these guys had some words before the fight. Mm. But afterwards, they you know were respectful to each other. Super respectful. Um, Super respectful. But then Cerrone did bring up in the post-fight interview that he was sick, which I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean. Nothing but respect for Cerrone and and um, great fighter, great everything. But if you're gonna say you're sick after the fight, I mean, especially a loss. I mean, there's no reason to do it. I, I or not. I mean, maybe it does give him some more credibility, and, and people will say, "Well, that's why you're that." You know, your 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 performance could have been a little better. So maybe it is, and that maybe it's not wrong to make that excuse, you know? I mean, it is kind of an excuse, and it's, uh, but it's a legit one, and maybe it is a good one, because then, you know, everybody can look at him, and, and his, sco- his stock does go up a little more thinking he was sick. So why not? I don't know. I'll give him that. I think he's earned that. He's, right. I think any other fighter doing that, you'd kind of look at it and go, oh, this guy's he's earned excuses. It. But if, if he's a fighter that always shows up to fight, always does what he does, yeah. and he's had this many fights... He's earned it. And he doesn't make excuses, this is, I think it was fine. He, he's earned it. So him being sick, 
Even though he said I was sick after. And that's... then he said I'm, I was sick. No, but I'm not using that as an excuse. He did say that, but still, you can't he, take that he back. brought it up. You can't take that back. <laughs> I, I would give him a pass on you that can't. one. You, I give him a pass. We give him a pass, but, it, I mean, it's like telling a chick, holy shit, you're fat. You look ugly. No offense. But not really, no, yeah. No offense. <laughs> so, no, you can't. But... For him, he gets a pass. He's such a he's such a, a warrior. It's unbelievable. Speaking of warriors, um, then there was the OSP fight. Oh, this was a good fight. This yeah. was a short fight. Yeah, yeah. It was like three yeah. minutes. Yeah, Tyson Pedro, tough as nails, hits like a fucking mule, and he almost he did drop. Uh, he dropped OSP. He kicked yeah. him in the head. Kicked him in the twice. head. Like boom. Like I mean, it was a kick to the head, and then he punched. He caught him a right hand. Yeah. Dropped. He dropped OSP. Then there was some some uh, there was some. Uh, and then there was this. Look at the picture. There's yeah, that was brutality. the end. But there was some hustling, you know, down and up, and 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 there was some jockeying for a position, a takedown. He tried a failed takedown. He ended up on the bottom, and boom. Then he the, got that. This strength. Wait, how if, do you you re- if you rewatch that armbar, it's just power. It's power. He, he had it. his arm down by his waist. Yeah. And. OSP took his arm, took his wrist, it. and just peeled it away from his body. He couldn't stop him. And then look at, he bent his arm backwards about... Straight arm bar. Straight about arm 30 bar. degrees in the wrong direction, which looks... Your elbow, well, I don't know if you know this, John. Your elbow does not go that way naturally. Well, let me just say, when you say wrong direction, it depends who you ask. For OSP, that was the right direction. <laughs> the wrong direction for human anatomy. Okay. <laughs> The human anatomy is not made to go that direction. No. That, that results in a terrible fracture. So let's let's tell let's go into okay. So now OSP tough as nails. He's a he's also he's twenty two and eleven. Uh, so he's not a journeyman at all. But he's an, also a gatekeeper because he's fought the top guys. Glover beat him. John Jones have beat him. Uh, a couple of other guys have beat him. But he is definitely a gatekeeper, and, and he's tough as nails. He comes back from being dropped and dropping people. He gets dropped and, and taps out people. He's, he has no quit in him, and he he's definitely has what it takes to be a champion. Um, I don't know if he will be, but he'll definitely be up there for a while. But, okay, so say this arm, my arm, like, bends. Say it bends this way. But this is the other way. It's the wrong way. Say it went backwards that far. Right? Like in the picture. Yeah, like in the picture. That his arm is hyperextending, you call it. So you call that hyperextending. So what so if we went inside of that inside of his in joint in his Not a not a happy joint. So, so where's his joint what's happening? So you're the elbow joint's basically a hinge joint, so it basically has motion, uh, just flexion and extension. And some people can, most people can straighten their elbow to straight, zero degrees, yeah. just straight out. Some people are really super flexible. Usually, it's women like the and Gracies, they can, and they can hyperextend their elbow ten degrees, maybe. Uh, the rare person would be able to make their elbow go farther than that because there's a bone in the back of your elbow called your lecranon, which won't let it go any farther. It, it it's bone on bone, so it can't go farther unless the elbow dislocates or unless you break something. So in order to dislocate your elbow, you have to tear ligaments. Ligaments connect bone to bone. 
which is probably what most... This guy had to have torn ligaments in his elbow with that, unless they're already torn or he's got... No one's that flexible. <laughs> A guy that looks like him, his elbow does not do that naturally. Um you know, a big muscle-bound guy that, in male, his elbow is not going to extend like that normally. So in order to do that, he's torn ligaments in his elbow, which is a long road to recovery. And we'll see. I didn't see any medical suspensions yet on him or any results of how his elbow's doing, but an MRI would not look pretty. Poor guy. I just imagine the not just the pain then, it's the recovery. The recovery is going to be brutal, and he's going to have to do everything from probably surgery. What do you think? Surgery? Not not usually. Uh, someone with a dislocated elbow can recover without surgery. The only people that don't do well with ligament damage in the elbow without surgery are usually throwing athletes. So pitchers that have to throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, they just can't do it when their ligaments are injured. But for a, for a combat fighter... Um, depending on what's wrong with his elbow, he may be just fine without surgery. Yeah. So we'll have to see if he broke anything or, um, or what happened. So I, I don't know any details yet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, bad so. injury, something, a position you don't want to be in, in the gym where someone gets you in an arm bar and they're a little overzealous and you don't tap and they do that to you and practice would be just horrific. That happens. Yeah. This so, happened to one of your fighters. In a fight, though. And that was a regular arm bar. Um, this is called a straight arm bar. Um, but my, yeah, my guy fell back, and he tried to fight it, and he was trying to, his arm was between the guy's legs, and the guy was hipping up, and this guy was, my guy was, like, trying to do the right things, but the other guy did the right things, too, and he ended up having the same thing. Um, and he finally tapped, and uh, he had some ligament damage, too. But... So when you got a hinge like that, I mean, so your joint is a hinge, would that same thing happen to your shoulder? Uh, well, no, the shoulder isn't constrained by bone. So when you take your shoulder too far, you're always just tearing something. Yeah. So in this, in an elbow, when you hyperextend your elbow, you can break things as well. But just like a hinge on a door, if you take it past where it's supposed to go, something's going to happen. You know, usually the hinge is going to break. So this broke. Oh my god! So something broke. The but typically, I I would guess he has a ligament injury from that. So that's bad, bad. Just like these front kicks to the knee that we were talking about last time. It should be you illegal. Know, when you're doing something that damages your opponent uh, severely like that and disables them, it's not just you know quitting to strikes or whatever. It you know. I don't know. These are legal too, though. So I don't know that. I don't know what your argument would be against. Well, because you can tap. Because you can tap. Yeah, that's what it is. You can tap there. Um, he did tap, but not until his elbow looked yeah. like that. And 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 sometimes uh, the tap is too late. But in a in an instant contact, right, violent contact, there's no tapping. It just happens instantly. Right. So you you don't have the option to tap. Um, so that that would be the difference there. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think those kicks should definitely be illegal. Just like, I mean, if if you couldn't tap, that should be illegal, you know. But he could have tapped earlier. Um, but a lot of guys try to tough it out or try to get out of the submission, and they pay for it. It's too late. And some guys are just stubborn, and some guys crank it and and um, 
shit happens, but it's terrible. So how do you equate this, though, with, like, the small joint manipulations that are banned? This is a large joint manipulation that's not banned. Yeah. These are rules in MMA just they, seem like yeah. this cobbled together things. As you go, you Stupid add a as rule. Hell. As you go, you add a rule. It's not taken from the get-go and you make a general set of principles and the rules all follow those. It's So for me, it's just kind of weird. You see these rules where some are great to protecting the fighter and others totally not. Yeah, and, and to be honest, um, they're getting better, but the UFC hasn't been around as long as most sports. Yeah, but so once the you rules, get too many rules, is it a contact sport anymore? Well, a lot of the rules are, I'm not saying they're adding more rules, but they're actually changing rules. Uh, but some are pretty stupid. The 12 to 6 elbow makes no sense. Hitting the back of the head as opposed to the front of the head makes absolutely no sense. Um, small joint manipulation makes absolutely no sense. So there are some pretty But you can stu- stomp on someone's small joints in their foot, right? Yeah. You can do a foot stomp, that's fine. Or you can dislocate someone's elbow but not their pinky. Yeah, so... <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And you can't... And yeah, you can't kick someone in the groin, but you can freaking kick them in the head. So you can't hurt their genitals... But you can scramble their brain. So yeah, there's a lot of rules I disagree with, and <laughs> some I agree with. But we, it is what it is right now. But so we we wish you a speedy recovery, Tyson. Yeah, uh, we want to. That he was looking so good uh, in that fight. Oh my god, I thought it was going to be a KO at first. He looks so. I mean, he, good. right off the bat, he caught him with a head kick. But, but the way his arm was peeled away is just frightening. <laughs> like if that guy, if OSP was on you. Just breaking your limbs. OSP looks like a heavyweight light heavy. He should not be a light heavy. He does not look like a light. He's way too strong to to, to be a to be a, a light heavyweight. But anyway, this is uh, what makes the fights interesting. You never know how that's going to no, go. So that was that yeah, was a great fight. Never so know. that one's worth going back on Fight Pass and watching those two fights. Yeah, they are. The other ones we didn't watch. Although one of the other main card fights was. Jing Liang, which we talked about at UFC the eye gouger. Yeah, he was the eye gouger. He eye gouged Matthews, who is also on this on the prelims. We talked about that on the show, but Jake Matthews was just getting horribly eye gouged. And I think these two guys got cash for that fight. <laughs> they got like fight of the night or something. You remember yeah, that? Yeah. So he also fought I didn't watch it. I don't know who won. Yeah. Looks like Jing Liang won. And Jessica I fought. And she won. Oh, shit. Okay. So we didn't anyway, that was it. It was in Singapore. It was at 5 a.m. But you can go back and watch on Fight Pass for, on those, fight. for those two fights. I highly fight. recommend Fight Pass to any martial art uh, MMA fan. Uh, fight, fight Pass is, is such a... Uh, I think it's definitely... Um, it's worth... You can watch old fights, all UFC fights. You can watch old Pride fights. You can watch... Like Invicta fights, and you can go back and watch fights. It's it's such a for ten bucks a night a, a a month. It is definitely worth it. You can even like if you're and I've done this more than once when I'm out of town traveling and there's a UFC and I don't want to look around for a bar if it's a pay per view. You can get your pay per view on it. It's it's it is it is a no brainer worth a ten dollar a month. What to, I use it for is if there's a big fight coming up like the Stipe Cormier fight. You can go back and watch like the last few Stipe fights. Just real quick, you can fast forward through them, but they're all on there. You can yeah. go back and watch his last few fights, watch DC's last or big fights and it's kinda cool before a big event like that to yeah. to kinda it's like a recap. And it's really good for trainers because you can go back and watch 
you know, maybe your guy's fighting a guy and he fought, fought in the UFC or Pride or something, you can go back and watch video of them. So I highly recommend getting the UFC Fight Pass. We don't, they're not sponsoring us yet, but uh, we recommend them. Speaking of tournaments, we had a kids tournament at our, um, at our gym this weekend. And our rules are a little different. We have grappling, but we also do our Hawaiian Kempo rules, which means, you know, the kids can punch, kick, uh, they can knee, and they can also do takedowns. So it's kind of MMA-ish, um, but let me tell you, not one kid out of, I don't know, 40, 50 joined the tournament. It was kind of a smaller tournament because of summer. Not one injury. Now, no soccer, AYSO soccer uh, game can say not one injury, but we, we didn't have one single injury. But when kids do that, like martial arts in and of itself, every kid should do martial arts. It's, there's, not, there's nothing even close to martial arts for building confidence, strength, um, mental and, and, and physical toughness. Um, respect. I, there's so many things that it builds, but then it's kind of like it's all put together in a tournament because like I, I saw one of my kids, he's 11 years old, 11 years old. And I watched him in this tournament getting beat by a kid that was a little bit older and a little bit more experienced, a lot more experienced. And he was losing the fight and you were just, I was watching this kid, like he just, all of a sudden he was transforming himself from losing the fight to where I almost stopped it, I was the referee, to all of a sudden coming back and, and, and just exploding. And, and during the, the length of that fight, which was about two and a half minutes long, I saw this kid, his name's Talon. He will never be the same again. His confidence grew, I mean, a hundred times just that day. It, it ended up being a draw, so they both tied for first place in, in their division. But I just saw him conquer fear within himself. I saw him get hurt. I mean, he got, he got hit really hard in the body, and he got kicked in the groin. And he came back, and kicking in the groin is illegal, by the way, so I gave him a minute rest. But anyway, but then he came back, and he, 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 he like beat this guy the last round. He'll never be the same again. He'll know that he can conquer things that he never thought he could. He, he'll know that nobody, nobody can ever take his lunch money. So watching that tournament, I mean, in, in a lot of the matches, but that one in particular, because that one was like, it was like the quintessential martial arts term. It was like, it was like Karate Kid when he did this and he did the kick. It was like that. It transformed him into a whole different person. Talon will never be the same again. Both of them. Because both these kids came back from, from getting... How many adults? I mean, you watch a soccer player get kicked in the leg or, or get tripped, and he lies on the ground crying like a little baby. You watch a, a, a seven-foot-tall basketball player get hit, like when he's jump shot, laying on the ground crying. These two kids were actually hitting each other, and they kept... They kept trying to win. Even though it was hurting, nobody fell on the ground and started laying. They, kept, they just kept fighting to win. And that's going to translate, like when they're in college, 
and it's tough and they, they want to quit, they're not going to quit. They have a job and something's tough. They're not going to quit. Somebody comes up to them and tries to hurt them or their family. They're going to go after them. That, that, that one match has changed their lives forever. And I might be you know, exaggerating it, you might think, but I'm not. And if you think I'm exaggerating it, you're, you're wrong because I'm not. So, I mean, I just, I, you know, I can't say enough. Water polo is tough. Football's tough. But trying to actually come back when someone's physically trying to hurt you, not win, not take a ball away, not do anything, but he's actually trying to hurt you, there's no other feeling like that because it's very intimidating, especially for an 11-year-old, you know, or a 10-year-old or a 9-year-old. And to come back from that is, is, I don't know. I was pretty impressed. What do you think? What, what age group does your tournament go up to? How old were these kids? They were 11 and 12. So they were probably in the oldest of the group. I, I might have had one 13-year-old. Usually if, if usually from 14 and up, um, they're in the adult division. If I had two 14-year-olds and they're kind of younger 14-year-olds or, or uh, lower belts or something, I might add them in if they go against each other. But, I don't know, to me 13 is pretty much the cutoff from adult to, to kid. Um, but I treat a 14, 15, 16-year-old a lot differently in class, you know that, than I do the adults. Like, I don't have them lift as heavy as weights, and, and I kind of pair them up with each other. And if they're going to the bigger, stronger, testosterone-filled ad uh, adult male, I always make sure the adult male is going to, you know, go easier on them. Um, but it's kind of hard to put a 14-year-old with a, in a kid's tournament. So, so I don't know. I had a couple couple guys, uh, a couple of the kids got, like, panicked a little because they started to get a choke. And, you know, anything, anytime there's a hand over your throat or, you know, something over your throat, you panic. So a couple of kids panicked and cried and tapped a little too soon and stuff. Um, but they're kids, you know, and they were the beginner kids. Um, so it didn't happen to any real advanced students. But do you let the kids match up themselves, or you pick all the you pick them all? No, we we make all the matches. They're they're done in a. Uh, actually, we you know we're you know what we're really lucky because I have some. Um, I have some, uh, like, like, uh, I have some, uh, like uh, a UFC guy, a FUFC guy, ex UFC guy. Uh, Antonio Bonuelos, he is part of one of the. He's part of the tournament. He's one of my instructors. He's he helps me with the fight team. So to have a UFC guy that's wrestled in college and stuff, helping me with a tournament like this, it's it's pretty impressive. So is it tournament style where the kids yeah. have more than one fight? Yeah, it's like this. Like you see that. So you so you like you win if you win like the winner. The winner of this goes to here. Then the winner of this, you know, goes to, and this can go down depending on me. So it's a bracket form. It's like a bracket, and that's how we do it. And and man, the kids do sumo wrestling. The younger kids, we start at three. They do sumo wrestling. They do obstacle courses. Um, they do hanging from the 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 pull up bar as long as they can hang. Uh, that's one of the competitions. Then they do mitts, like who can hit the hardest. That's a whole division in in and of itself, and the winner gets a medal. So it's it's a pretty I mean it's a pretty fun tournament for the kids, but 
I don't think there's anything better in the world for these kids. Just, I think every kid has to do martial arts. I just, I'm so passionate about that. And then watching this tournament, um, it was unbelievable. So, I don't know. That's that's how I felt. I had a great weekend. We had the, with that tournament, and and then uh, I mean, even adults. I mean, like I'm sure it's shaped. You, I mean. I mean, it's really obvious. It's it's like obvious to see, like James started, never trained, you know, never did, you know, this kind of martial arts. I think you did Taekwondo when you were a kid, but um, you could tell the beginning to where he is now, um, like just sparring during class. I mean, it's like it used to be a lot more of this, and now it's a lot more of this. So, I mean, I'm sure your confidence, like confidence walking down the street is probably a lot different than it was before you started training here, right? Yeah, and I worked out before, but man, my cardio has never been probably where it is now. And I'm still exhausted in class, but not like I was. But it's always punishing. But I'm sure I'm in much better shape than I've been in in a long, long time. The, the, cardio, the cardio is such an important part of martial arts. And some schools don't push it. Like some guys go work out at club fitness or wherever... And they don't do the, the fitness in the class where that's as important for martial arts as a left hook, a leg kick, or a double leg takedown, or a mount escape. The conditioning, physical conditioning, is an equal, equally important part of anyone's martial arts training because it should be taught in the martial arts school and part of the cur curriculum because being in top shape when you get jumped in the street is every bit as important as the, the punching power, speed, and technique. So if you rely on your students going to an outside gym to do their conditioning, you're, you're, you might as well send them to a different gym to do your, teach your striking too because it's, it's as important and you, it has to be tested in class because it has to be tested as much as any other technique. And if you don't... If you're not doing that and you're a martial arts instructor, you are you are without a doubt teaching a partial art, not a martial art. <laughs> well, I can't imagine doing it any, any other way. There's no other way to do it. I can't imagine going to a martial arts studio, doing the martial arts stuff, and then not doing the... Our cardio isn't, what is it, 15 minutes of the workout or whatever, after you're already done. Yeah. But that's huge. It is huge. And... and, and if you don't teach that as an important part of your uh, teaching, you're not a martial arts school. You're a partial arts school. If you don't teach takedown defense, you're a partial arts school. You're not a martial arts school. If you're a martial arts school, be a martial arts school and teach martial arts. That's all I got to say. With that, we're out of here. Thanks got, for coming. There's some good fights coming up. What? Who's fighting? Well, not this weekend, but the next weekend. It's huge. It's uh, huge. Fight is going to fight in the heavyweight division. It's international fight week. He's going to fight Stipe. That's going to be a big fight. That's going to be fun to watch. We'll have to watch that one. I'm going to go see them in Vegas. All right. Yeah, you're going to Vegas. I'm going to this Vegas week. this week. If there's any any questions you guys have about medical issues, martial arts issues, um. Any kind of training or UFC, ask us. Comment here. And please share this because we are on SoundCloud, iTunes. Um, that's our main places. We also are on YouTube. But 
our main places we like to hang out are iTunes and and YouTube or iTunes and and SoundCloud. So if you, we're 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 a top top podcast, <laughs> you know. Um, and if anyone has any any of these rules to add to our list of stupid or uh, nonsensical rules, comment those because there's an ever growing list of just contradictory rules. <laughs> that if you like if, when we watch if, these fights, if you send us a good rule that you think is stupid. That's in the UFC. I will definitely talk about it. I'll send you a shirt. The winner will get a pit shirt. All right? All right, guys. Thanks for coming. All right, John. Take it easy.